This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to show 375. Unbelievable. So, again, we've got no Zahn tonight. Because of all the challenges that's going through family-wise um, we know everything's all right uh, and more importantly everybody that's dealing with the storms in Australia not just New South Wales but Australia we're thinking about you hoping you're getting through all right yeah just thinking about you right you're not just forgotten people so please don't think that so uh, story number one. There aren't a lot of stories again this week, so Apple must be preparing for something because there's hardly anything that's that's actual stories. So um, yeah, let's see where we get up to. Now, Mac OS malware shoots up one thousand percent in twenty twenty. Now, Coulter Mac reports cyber criminals reportedly created more Mac OS malware in 2020 than from 2012 to 2019 combined. The days when Mac users could happily assume they weren't in danger from hackers are long over. But the situation remains far worse for Windows users. Researchers found 135 times as many Windows malware samples last year as ones targeting Mac OS. The developer of macOS malware went up over 1,000% last year, according to Atlas VPN. There were 674,273 new malware samples found in 2020, compared to 56,556 samples detected the previous year. Previous, the highest number was 92,570 in 2018. Now, contributing to this record surge in threats is the fact that new malicious software is now easier to engineer than before, said Rachel Welch, COO of Atlas VPN. Nowadays, hackers do not even need advanced programming skills since they can purchase a ready-made malware code, tailor it to their needs with a little bit of coding and establish a completely new threat. The assault continues in 2021. For example, researchers recently found Silver Sparrow the first malware that targets both Intel Macs, <laughs> pardon me, as well as ones running the new Apple M1 processor. Of course, we do have more in our uh, show notes. You can download each week, come down with your uh, podcast, etc. They're also uh, on our Aussie Mac Zone website, which I'll tell you about later on. Yeah. Now, an Australian-based story, which is what we love. Deleted. Warning issued over sophisticated Oz Post scam. Yahoo Finance reports Scamwatch has issued a warning to Australians about a fake text that appears to be from Australia Post that is actually an attempt to use to attempt to steal users' personal and banking information. The Postal Service said it was aware of fake text messages being circulated that told recipients of a damaged parcel status report and prompted users to read and resolve by clicking a link. Now, don't forget, you can, with your pointer, you can hover over the link and it'll tell you where it's going to. 
Now the text appears all the more deceptive because it uses the recipient's name. Once clicked, the link will lead to a fraudulent interactive parcel management system which is designed to steal your personal and financial information. Ospost said on its website, the user is then confronted with, a Su with Susie, a fake interactive chatbot that interacts with users to gain trust and convince them to hand over their personal and financial details. But Scamwatch warned Australians to watch out for clever phishing scams. Yeah, watch out for the latest text message. Watch out for the latest text message scams impersonating Australia Post. It's tweeted this week. If you receive one of these messages, just delete it. Now, the Postal Service said it would never email, call, or text you asking for personal information or payment. What do I do if I've received the text? Take a screenshot and forward it to. Australia Post at scams at australiapost.com.au, then delete it immediately. Don't click any links, that, none of that. Now, and what if you think you've already been scammed and your identity has been compromised? You call ID Care, ID C A R E, at 1800 595 160. Scams should also be reported to the Scam Watch website. Now, for example, I got a email today, supposedly from PayPal, saying uh, that my account had been held because of an inconsistency. Please click here and uh, to to update your details, which is my bank account details, etc. Of course, and but when you hovered over the link, the link wasn't taking you to PayPal; it was taking you to some other site didn't even have paypal in the name this particular one so you just please be wary please teach your friends please teach your family especially the older residents oldies like me right you just click them we just click them now what about this this is the scariest one i've got um This is the scariest news story of the week, as far as I'm concerned, of the, of the year, probably. Apple bent the rules for Russia, and other countries will take note. For example, China will make them do exactly the same thing for a start. Wide reports, Russian iPhone buyers will soon be prompted to install software developed in that country, setting a precedent that other authoritarian governments may follow. They will follow. Now, beginning in April, new iPhones and other iOS devices sold in Russia will include an extra setup step alongside questions about language preference and whether to enable Siri. Users will see a screen that prompts them to install a list of apps from Russian developers. It's not just a regional peculiarity. It's a concession Apple has made to legal pressure from Moscow one that could have implications far beyond Russia's borders. Now, remember, Apple always says we follow the country's law. Remember that? So if it's in the law, Apple will follow it. Now, the law in question dates back to 2019 when Russia dictated that all computers, smartphones, smart TVs and so on sold there must come preloaded with a selection of state-approved apps that include browsers, 
messenger platforms, and even antivirus services. Apple has stopped short of that. The suggested apps are pre, aren't pre-installed and users can opt not to download them, but the company's decision to bend its rules on pre-installs could inspire other re- repressive regimes to make similar demands or more, or even more invasive ones. Now, this comes within the context of years and years of mounting regularity pressure on tech companies in Russia, says Arian Shabazz, Director of Democracy and Technology at the Human Rights Nonprofit Freedom House. The country has undertaken a massive effort to reshape its internet toward mechanisms for control, censorship and mass surveillance. And the government has imposed increasingly strict regulations on domestic tech companies. They must store data on local servers, provide security agencies with decryption keys and remove content that violates Russian law, Shabazz says. Though not all companies do all of those things and now they're being forced to promote government-approved apps on their platforms. The pre-installed apps law came to be known as the law against Apple because it essentially dared Apple to pull out of the Russian market entirely rather than change the rules in the company-controlled iPhone ecosystem. Instead, Apple has carved out an exception that others, including Android manufacturers, have not. Google, which develops open-source Android mobile operating system, doesn't manufacture most of that platform's hardware directly, and it doesn't control which apps come pre-installed on third-party devices. Google does make the Pickle phone, but doesn't sell it in Russia. Again, more to the story in the links. Uh, No gaming tonight and no entertainment tonight. We just couldn't find enough going on. I'm sorry, just couldn't find enough going on. Now, a security app's fake reviews can give us a window into app store optimization. Vice.com reports the CEO of PEP purchased fake reviews to bolster his app's ratings on the Google Play Store and Apple's App Store. A company that makes an email app that helps users encrypt their emails paid for fake reviews in an attempt to get more people to download its products. According to leaked emails obtained by Motherboard, the CEO of PEP, a Luxembourg-based company that makes the PEP email encryption app for Android and iOS, commissioned a marketing company to write fake reviews that he himself wrote in the summer of last year, Leon Shoemaker asked the marketing company Mobieso, Mobieso? to post 45-star reviews in English, French and German to the Google Play Store. Shoemaker included an Excel spreadsheet that contained the specific text that he wanted Mobieso to use. Super easy, sorry, super easy privacy, one fake review said. One of the best mail applications I have never had problems and I suggest it all the time to friends, another said. Now, can we speed up today and do 12 ratings per day instead of seven reviews per day? Please use the text below for the right countries that I forwarded already pre-earlier, sorry, per earlier email. Shoemaker wrote in an email to Mobiaso. 
So that's an example. So then you get lots of positive reviews, which raises you higher. Um, yes, interesting. Uh, not illegal. Maybe in the views of the the App Store people, they might deem it wrong, but I still don't think they can deem it illegal. Um, yeah, so just just be aware. Maybe have a look at some of the reviews before you buy an app. I know it's a hard thing to do. Um, with so many choices too, oh, so many choices. Apple discontinues two more iMac desktop configurations. Mashable reports the Apple iMac Pro is no longer available and now it looks like the remaining iMac desktop options are more limited as well. As Apple news site Mac Rumors noticed Saturday morning, two options are no longer listed on the 21.5 inch iMac computer available from the Apple Store. Now, there's only 256 gig storage for that screen size on the Apple website. There used to be a 512 and 1 terabyte option. The larger 27-inch uh, iMac still has a 512 gig option, which is the most storage currently available on the iMac's solid-state drives. So, yeah, it's got to be close. They've got to be close. Now, I know Tim Cook's doing a China, uh, not a press conference thing, but you know, some business thing. Now, I don't know whether he's there or whether he's doing it um, via, yeah, just doing a, a virtual one, but, but I'm not quite sure. But maybe that's what's slowing us down a little bit on what we're getting. We said, hurry up. I want my tags. Desperate for my tags. I only bought a tile one, hoping that the firmware will be updated so it, that they will work with Find My as well soon. Now, the FCC slaps a robocaller with twenty with $225 million fine as part of broader crackdown. It's the biggest fine in the agency's history, and the new acting FCC chairwoman takes on robocalls. The Federal Communications Commission is the largest fine in history against Texas-based telemarketers who transmitted approximately 1 billion robocalls to sell fake health insurance policies. Now, the 225 million fine is part of the first major effort by acting FCC Chairwoman, Chairwoman Jessica Rosenwurzel to stamp out illegal robocalls, any robocalls. The agency alleges in a statement that the telemarketers illegally spoof phone numbers to sell short-term, limited-duration health insurance plans, which falsely claim to offer health insurance plans from well-known health insurance companies such as Atina, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Cigna and United Health Group, American companies. Now, the agency also delivered cease and desist letters to six voice providers that have constantly violated FCC guidelines on the use of auto-dialed and pre-recorded voice message call, the agency said. And the FCC launched a robocall response team as well as delivering letters to the Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice and the National Association of State Attorneys General to renew state federal partnerships to combat the proliferation of illegal robocalls. So now that's happening, 
hopefully the Australian government will also start doing something about it here. Yes. And I don't understand why the, um, the telecommunications department don't get involved because it's so hard to understand that that number that's being dialed supposedly is the number, quote, that's showing up, isn't the one making the call. That has to be really easy, really, really easy. So, yeah, if, if a number 02 starts in Victoria, it can't be an 02 number. So, or if the phone with my number on it, they know where my phone is. If the numbers, if the call's starting from, pick on Melbourne again, if the call starts from Melbourne and they know my phone GPS-wise is in Sydney, therefore it must be a fake call, mustn't it? It's not that hard. And we have, we have actually, as you know, we've sent emails to Telstra and Optus and Vodafone, no reply. Nothing, not even say, we got it. Just say, oh, didn't exist, you know what I mean? No. Now, here's our how-to for the week, because uh, we are running, you know, as I said, there's very little on, did you know you record videos and take pictures with your iPhone simultaneously? Yeah, I drop news tells us. Just let me. Sorry, uh, I just want to get something ready. Sorry, everybody. Put that back over there. There we go. Sorry, everybody. Now, I drop news tells us. Have you ever taken a video and wish you could snap a picture at the same time? If you are an iPhone owner, you are in luck. Your iPhone can already do it. You don't need to purchase any fancy recording software either. <clears throat> the camera app in iOS is already capable. So, start recording a video. Yeah, before you can record a video and take photos, you need to start with the video recording feature in the camera app. So you start recording the video by opening the camera app, tap on or swipe to video to select the video recording option, tap on the red button to start the recording. Check on check the timer to make sure it's ticking along. Now, if it's increasing, you know the iPhone is recording a video. Now to take the photo while you're recording, very simple. And it doesn't even interrupt the video either. Now you should see a new white colored button near uh, appear next to the red recording button. This white button is the camera shutter button. Tapping the white button will capture a photo while the video continues to record. If you don't immediately see this camera button, you should swipe to the right on the video recording screen to see if it will appear. So you're there, blah, blah, you know, finish doing your photos and recording, but once you're done recording and taking photos, you close the camera app, jump over the photos app, both the photos and the video should be clustered together at the same point in your photos timeline. Simple as that. 
promise it's simple as that I've done it a few times work great especially for the kids like you got them boom there's the good one good photo you know what it's like trying to take photos of kids yeah the show notes link each week on the show upload this week being aussiemaxzone.com.au forward slash ANZ375. There you'll see the last six weeks of show notes. You can email Michael or Zahn at aussiemaxzone.com.au. And however you're listening to us, please give us a rating. Even if it's just a couple of stars, whatever. It helps others find us. Uh, now, Thanks to our supporters, you, our listeners, the most important people there are. And as there is no overdesign for our infamous sign-off, is there? So I'd like to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in, putting up with us. And uh, let's see if I can get this to close off properly. Thank you, everyone. Goodbyes. Hopefully, Zahn will be here next week and we'll be all there. See you then. Thank you.